You are listening to the official Acts 2 podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.acts2orlando.com. All right. So uh, I'm kind of really, really old school, so I'm going to bring you a word this morning, and, and God being our helper, we'll get the restaurants before the Presbyterians. All right, stand up all over the room. Let's stand up all over the room. I'm going to read the word to you. This is in honor of the word of God. If you got your Bibles or your phones or your iPads or something, open them up to Acts chapter 3, please. Best said, if I was really trying to kiss up to Andrew and Jocelyn, I would have preached from Acts 2, but I'm preaching from Acts 3. Um, while you're turning, I will tell you this, that God's reassigned us and we're moving to Central Florida. Yep. And as far as we know, on weekends when we're in town, we're going to be with you guys. So we're, yeah, so I'm your weird cousin. Welcome. Hey, you know, you go to a family reunion, there's always that weird cousin you stay away from. Well, there you go. All right. So thank you. Thank you. My son, Jonathan, will be here. You want to get to know him. He's revival on feet. And uh, uh, you'll be easy to recognize him. He's 6'3", bleach blonde hair, and the devil's terrified of him. All right. Are you ready? Acts chapter 3. I'm going to read you the first eight verses or so. Now, when Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Verse 3, Who, seeing Peter and John about to go in the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. It's life. Jesus, we love you. We love prophetic revelation. We love when you speak, and we also love that you've spoken through your word. So now we're asking you the the prayer from Psalm 20, verse 12, that you would give us eyes to see. Lord, not only the eyes of our natural body, but the eyes of our understanding to see what you're revealing in the word. That you would give us ears to hear, that there would be communication between this speaker this preacher, and all of us in the room, but more than natural ears, we're believing for the ears of the Holy Spirit inside of us to be open, to hear your whisper, to hear your voice. God, there's no way that I can preach everything that needs to be said to a group of people this size, but you can. And so we're counting on you, Holy Spirit. You're the teacher. God, give us minds to receive right now. We believe you to quicken us, God, that we would be awake and alert, that we would hear your word. We're not here to have our ears tickled or to be entertained, but to hear from you. And finally, give us hearts to believe. God, that we're not going to be hearers of the word and deceive ourselves, but we're going to be doers. That when we leave here today, we're going to have more tools in our tool belt to live this victorious life, to live power and anointing, 
that all of Central Florida and all the world would know that there is a Christ, there is an anointed one, Jesus of Nazareth, and we're his representatives carrying his life. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So I, pl- I played sports in school. Yeah, not very good, just to be honest with you. I was okay in elementary school and middle school, and then this crazy thing happened. All my friends grew, and I didn't. And I actually, I'm, I'm like bigger now. When I, when I was in college, I actually grew like four inches. It's crazy. But, but when I finished high school, I was not a very big guy. And, and about my sophomore year, this thing happened. Freshman, sophomore year, I'd gone from playing to watching. And I don't know about you, but if you are a type A personality, or if you just enjoy a sport or an activity, how many know that there's, there's one thing about doing it, there's another thing about watching? And I played tailback. That means every time I stood up, the coach said, Taylor, get your tail back on the bench. Amen. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, I got tired of that because I was used to my entire career playing. I wasn't born to watch. I was born to do. And so about my sophomore year, I figured something out, that I was better than all of them in math, and so I became the statistician. Hallelujah. (laughs) Now watch. Here's the good news. I still got to travel on the bus with the cheerleaders. I didn't get beat up all week long at the practice field, and I still, you know, went to all the games for free riding on the bus. The bottom line is, is that I found the way I was uniquely wired and I began to play my part rather than watch other people succeed. I think if I could interview pastors here today and leaders here, they would tell you we have an epidemic in the body of Christ in the West. Is there too many people that gather in rooms like this on Sunday and watch rather than do? And watch rather than walk? So today's passage in Acts chapter 2, excuse me, Acts chapter 3 to Acts chapter 2, is this prophetic passage that we see how God healed one man, how, how Peter and John healed one man who went from watching to walking. Now here's my big idea. It's my hope today that when you leave here, that you will be set up for encounter that will move you from watching to walking. That every person in this room, you were uniquely shaped to walk out the gifts and callings that God put inside of you. You were not born and placed on the planet to watch, no matter how gifted they are. You were not placed on the planet to watch the lambs and the stein springs. You were placed on this planet to be uniquely you, to carry the kingdom of God and manifest it everywhere you go. And so we see at the end of this passage that this man walks into the temple with these two Five-star general apostles, Peter and John, and all three of them are walking and leaping and praising God. Say, that's me. That's you. That You are the living temple now, and everywhere you go, you're going to walk and leap and praise God and carry his power. So here's what we see. Here's our sticky statement today. An encounter will change you from watching to walking. And I want to give you four or five ways that we encounter Jesus and his presence out of this passage. Are you ready? Number one, here's the first thing. We have encounter in relationship. Encounter happens in relationship. Look at verse one. Verse one, now Peter and John went up together. Peter and John are together. 
Many modern Christians aren't going to have encounter because you can't get along with anyone else. Now watch, you got to get this now. Peter and John are not exactly what you would call simpatico. They're not the same personality types. We even see, remember it was Easter just a few weeks ago, resurrection morning. One of them runs ahead, one of them stops and looks. One of them opens his mouth, one of them lays on his chest. They're what you would call opposites. But here, in the power of the resurrection, days after Pentecost, days after being filled with the Holy Spirit, they're finding life by walking together. Listen, you're never, ever, 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 ever going to find the encounter and the power of God if you can't get along with people. You need to settle this in you right now. Jesus is not in the truth business. He is truth. He's in the people business, and so are we. Man, hey, listen, if revival comes to Central Florida, it's going to happen through people. What's it going to look like? Just gold running from the, you know, it can. I've seen it, you know, coming down from the sky. Yeah, that's going to happen, but it's going to happen on hungry people. Gathered together. Listen, listen, look, look, look. Let me help you. I love you. If you have had a fallout with Sally and Ben and James and Fred, there's a common denominator in that equation, and it's you, sweetheart. And so we've got to make our mind up that we're going to have to learn how to walk with people. You see, it was pretty easy for the lame man, right? He's just sitting there by the gate beautiful watching people go by. He's managing his very unsuccessful business all by himself. Listen, listen. One is too small of a number to ever be significant. And you need to be involved. You need to be in relationship with people. You need to invest yourself in other people. Begin to ask questions. Begin to listen. Begin to love. Listen, what if I, what if I called Andy Steinspring, whom I love, and Danielle too. This is just an example, okay? What if I called Andy and said, Andy, he goes, man, let's go get some Four Rivers. And I go, hey, hey, hold on a second. Is it just going to be you? Because I love you, but I can't handle Danielle. How many know he would hang up on me? <laughs> Offer to readjust this beautiful moneymaker. <laughs> Listen, that's what a lot of Christians in America are doing with the church right now. We're like, Jesus, we love you, but we don't love your wife. The church is his wife. That We're his wife. Come on now. The bride, and listen, listen, I don't like this, but all the church, Baptists, Methodists, Presbyterian, Pentecostals, Catholics, Episcopals, all of us, we're the bride of Christ. Come on. White, black, Latino, Asian, all of us, we're all the body of Christ, and we have to learn how to not just tolerate but celebrate each other. That's the essence of honor. Listen, if you only honor that which you like, you don't walk in honor. Number two, you ready? Encounter happens in relationship. Encounter happens in routine. Second, look at the second part of verse one. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Peter and John went up to the temple at the hour of prayer. They continued, listen, they continued to have a regular, disciplined walk with God after the resurrection. They remembered the words of Jesus. It's better if I go away, for I will send you another helper, Parakletos. I'll send you another one to walk with you, to walk beside you. He will be with you. 
And so you know what they said? They said, what do we do? We're going to do what we've always done. Let's go up to the temple at the hour of prayer. Listen, they didn't trust in their routine, but they knew in routine he would meet them there. Listen, listen, listen. But word starts getting around. I'm sure some of you that move in the prophetic have this happen. Word gets around that you can give a word from God or you interpret dreams or something. And people come to you, they'll go, do you have a word for me? I'm like, sure, read your Bible. It's unfair what we do to prophetic people sometimes. Because we want them to be Christian soothsayers. But instead we need to read. Listen, if you're reading your Bible, if you're praying, God will meet you with a prophetic word. 1 Corinthians 12, 3 says the prophetic word encourages, edifies, and brings comfort. One of the things he wants to do is confirm what you're hearing from him. But if you're not seeking him on a regular basis, you're never going to hear from him. Come on. And so we want to be people that we're seeking him. Let me tell you what happened to me. When, when God started moving through us in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it, it was a big deal, and I started putting pressure on myself like, you know, when I show up at XYZ Church, I'm going to have to pull a rabbit out of the hat because if we don't, you know, I'll quit getting invitations. How many know preaching is kind of like going on a second date? Anybody can get a first date. It's really hard to get a second date. Come on. Um, I know you're holier than me. You don't think like that. And, but then this is what the Lord said to me through Beth. How many know, listen, watch. How many know we all love to hear the voice of God when it sounds like an angel? We don't like it when it sounds like our spouse. Touch your spouse and say, I told you so. So this is the word that God gave me through Beth. Now listen, because this is applicable to all of us. Get ready. Here's what he said. He said, if you'll be ordinary and seek me in the ordinary, I'll be extraordinary. See, listen, if you're putting pressure on yourself to be extraordinary, then you're trying to be Jesus. And listen, you're a tremendous Andrew, but you're a terrible Jesus. You're a tremendous Sally or Fred or Beth or Eddie, but you're a terrible Jesus. And so encounter happens. Listen, watch, when we're in a relationship with others. Encounter happens when we walk in the routine, in the ordinary. When you make your mind up, this month I'm going to read the book of Ephesians. And I'm going to get up every day and get in Ephesians and and seek your face, Jesus, and hear something from you. He meets you there. But I'm telling you, if you... Listen, the last thing we need, the last thing that Central Florida needs is one more person that's just odd for God. Listen, now watch. I want you to get this. There are times when he will have you do the unusual. But what he's looking for is the obedience. And sometimes obedience leads to the unusual, but the unusual doesn't necessarily lead to obedience. That was better than you amen. All right. Number three. Now watch. Those were easy ones. Number three, you ready? Encounter happens in need or with the needy. Look at verses 2 and 3. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask for alms, who entered in the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. You know, it's challenging, isn't it, when you're around incredible need, Right? Am I, I'm the, again, I'm the only one who ever pulls up to an intersection and someone's there panhandling and you like divert your eyes. Am I the only one? I'm a horrible Christian, I know that, right? But listen, it's people's needs are, ne- are messy. Lives are messy. It's hard. And it would have been easy for Peter and John to do just like everyone else had done for 40 years. 
Acts chapter 4, verse 22 says that he had been laying there for 40 years. 40 years. That's kind of a significant number, isn't it, in the scripture? 40 wilderness years. 40 years of him sitting there, lying there, alms, alms, help me, help me, help me. I was doing a little study about this, and it says the gate beautiful was, some historians think, 75 feet tall bronze doors. Because it's the third temple now, right? There was Solomon's temple, then there was the temple that Nehemiah and Ezra built, and Zerubbabel, and by now it's Herod's temple. And the gates that had once, listen to this, had been silver and gold have now been replaced by bronze. Silver and gold speaks of royalty, it speaks of divinity, bronze speaks of suffering. So he's there at the gate that once was full of divinity, and he's asking for an encounter. Will you give me silver and gold? He might have thought he was asking for money, but he was asking for an encounter. He was asking for someone to have some Jesus on them, some Holy Ghost power in them, and to extend and to release and to call heaven to earth in that spot. But it was messy. It was terrible. See, all of us want to be, all of us want to move in the miraculous. All of us want a healing anointing, but none of us want to be around sick people. All of us want miracle provision, but we don't want to step out in faith to get beyond our natural mind. For the miraculous, for there to be an encounter, you have to step outside of yourself. Nothing great was ever accomplished on your sofa. Nothing great was ever accomplished in the comfort zone. We have to step out of our comfort zone. Do you know? I don't know. It's not in the scripture. This is the Eddie revised version. Do you think the first one that turned towards this guy, Peter, maybe John's pulling on his shirt going, dude, don't. We're going to be at the end of the line. You know, Blake's getting the best seat. (laughs) What would happen if we just slowed our roll a little bit and began to make eye contact with people and invest our lives with people Listen, when we move here, whatever she says, do not go to Target with Beth. It's really coming out of her spirit, but you would think it's written on her forehead. I care about you. Please tell me your life story. But I'm telling you what what happens is because she carries that, she gets to minister to a lot of people at Target or Walmart or Publix or wherever we are. And so if we're going to move in encounter, we've got to step into need. Listen, I think sometimes we're afraid of recognizing other people's needs because it identifies our need. And we're Americans. We don't need anything, right? Number four, ready? Fourth thing. Encounter happens in relationship. Encounter happens in routine. Encounter happens with need. Encounter happens with expectation. I'm going to make a bold statement. You ready? Here it is. I'm moving the gifts of the Holy Spirit because I want to. I knew that wouldn't bother you. Some churches, that gets me thrown out. The Bible says to earnestly desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit, especially that you might prophesy. Peter and John are carrying huge amounts of expectation in this moment. Listen to this. Verse 4, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something. 
Then Peter says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Man. So Peter steps into the need. Peter and John step into the need, but they step in believing that they're carrying something to give. What if you really believed everything that you said you believed? What if I believed everything that I said I believed about who I really am in Christ Jesus, that I'm the head and not the tail, that I'm a son, a joint heir, that all of heaven's riches flow through me? What if you believe that? What if I believe that? Wouldn't that shake things up? Wouldn't that change our city? You see, here's the truth of the matter. The truth of the matter is so many of us have adopted and adapted a religious cop-out. Here's what we say. I am waiting on God. I'm just waiting on God. How many of you know if my sister and brother about there were waiting on God, there'd still be a lot of hungry kids in that African village? Let me tell you something. Look at me. You're not waiting on God. He's waiting on you. Let me ask you something. What else can he do? He's already created the order that we live in. He's already raised up his covenant people, Israel. Through that covenant people, he sent his only begotten son who lived a perfect life, died the supreme sacrificial death, was buried, raised from the dead, ascended to the Father, sent the Holy Ghost, has given us the canon of Scripture and the teaching and the fellowship of his sufferings. What else should he do? I'm telling you, you're not waiting on him He's waiting on you. Wigglesworth used to say this. Smith Wigglesworth would say, if I get into a meeting and the Holy Ghost isn't moving, I move him. I almost always, if I don't have a direct word from God, I'll start with the arm word. Because I know it's an inheritance that he's given me and I'll move on it every time. And in that, that uncaps the prophetic, that uncaps the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. Some of you in, in this room, all you've got is tears. Start with your tears. Some of you, all you have is worship. Start with your hands. Start with dancing. Start with what you have and watch and see what will happen when you move into what God has promised you. Man, Peter and John said, silver and gold we don't have, but we've been with this guy three and a half years. We watched him live. We watched him die. We watched him buried. We watched him raised again. And now we have received the Holy Ghost such as we have we give unto you. Man, the veil has been torn. Eagerly desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Man, the tabernacle is among us. He's inside of you. Now you're the temple. Allow that life to flow out of you. Encounter happens with routine. Encounter happens with relationship and with a need, with expectation. Now, you ready? Encounter happens with risk. Look at verse 7. Now, see, verse 7 doesn't challenge you, maybe. (laughs) Then you need to try it. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. All right, now, come on. Let's let's just let our sanctified imaginations run with us a little bit. This dude has been laying there for 40 years. Have anyone here ever prayed for someone who's been in a chair or something? His feet are drawn up, shriveled. His legs are probably that big around, and he's lying there. And Peter just snatches him up. He grabs him. Immediately his feet and ankle bones receive strength. So he leaping, 
up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Hey, let me help you. I know you hear this at Acts 2 all the time, but you ready? Here's how you spell faith. R-I-S-K. It's risk. You have to get out of your comfort zone to attempt something great for God. Listen, Peter had no outward promise that he would stand. There wasn't like a rainbow that descended on that guy. A blinking sign. You don't get the blinking sign. This is the one. Pray for him. You just step out with what you hear. You Listen, it's in those routine times with the Lord that he puts promises in your heart. Man, you get anointed on a Tuesday to deliver on a Friday night. When you spend time with him, cultivate relationship with him, you begin to recognize his voice so you can hear him in the moment. So a few years ago, um, I hate telling old stories. I don't have a good one from this week, I don't think. Let me think about it better. A few years ago, I was doing a youth camp, and the first night, I thought I heard very clearly the Lord say, I'm healing a smashed thumb. Smashed thumb. And so I said, all right, I have a word from God. Someone here have a smashed thumb. No one moved. Nada. Zip. Zero. In Greek, it means no one. But I noticed that there was a youth group about three-quarters of the way back over here. They were all kind of shaking and laughing and pointing at each other. And so I just let go. After the service, they came to me and they said, Pastor Eddie, she's not with us, but one of our members named Destiny crushed her thumb last week in Haiti. And I said, why do you stand up? You said, is she here? I said, okay, you got that. So listen, so we prayed right then and sent a word to healing to her. That was Monday night. By Friday, her thumb, who they said would never be the same, had started, uh, had, had rapidly moved forward in healing, and her thumbnail was beginning to grow back. They told her she'd never have a thumb again, a thumbnail. And so today, she's got a complete thumb, and her parents pastored the church in Naples, where I minister sometimes. See, but listen, you never see that kind of release if you don't step into that kind of risk. You have to step into it. Listen to what Hebrews eleven six says in the Amplified. I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified. This is really good. Hebrews eleven six said this, but without faith, it's impossible. It is an impossible walk with God to please Him. See, we're talking about moving from watching to walking, and it's going to take risk. It's going to take risk. Listen, I know your pastors and leaders here are so godly and they make it look so easy. But don't you understand something? You can do it too. Say, I can do that. And see, your personality might not be their personality. You might not do it the same way as Danielle. Good Lord, could anyone else on the planet do it the way she does? But you are uniquely gifted to be you. And it's out of your personality, your gifts, your experience that you can take risk in your neighborhood, in your network. Are there any hairdressers here? Any hairdressers in this room? No? Listen, if you're a hairdresser, you lay hands on way more heads than I ever will. You know, if you're a dentist, you're in people's mouths. Some of you, you know, you're all over the place. And see, what we do a lot of times is we're locked into our offices we're locked into study we're locked into phone calls and counseling so we don't get to see that many people anymore but you you get to see so many people and do what god has called you to do encounter happens with risk now finally 
It's only in encounter that will move you from watching to walking. Encounter only happens because of Jesus the Christ. Now think about this for a second. Just weeks before, Peter and John would have not had anything to carry into that situation. But because of the death, burial, and resurrection, they had the life in the fullness of Jesus. And you have that too. When he died on the cross and the veil was torn from top to bottom, he opened the way for all of us to live in continual encounter. You can have encounter with him every day and carry that everywhere you go. Amen? Well, can I pray for you? Stand on our feet. I don't know how you guys do it. I forgot to ask you, does the band come back up and do a closing song? Nope. All right, let me pray for you. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor Eddie, honestly, I want to have more encounter than I've ever had. That's me. I want to have more encounter. If that's you, just stick your hand up all over the room. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is your day. We're going to release our faith to take risk. Listen, some of you, you know this. For some of you, it means you're going to have to make relationship with people. For some of you, you're going to have to get anointed to give these two new words, I'm sorry. To bring healing into some relationships. For some of you, you know what it means. It means spending time with Jesus. Getting your Bibles back out. Man, it's not, listen, it's, it's not a religious spirit to read your Bible every day. It's a religious spirit to read your Bible every day if you're trying to earn something. Hey, let me say this to you. If you miss a day or two or whatever reading your Bible and you feel guilty, that's a religious spirit. If you miss a day or two reading your Bible, you should feel hungry, not guilty. All right, let me pray for you. Father, thank you for this amazing, amazing, beautiful group of people that are gathered here today. And Lord, this is an encounter people. This is a spirit-filled people. This is a people that want you. We want heaven to invade earth. And Lord, now today, what we're saying is, I am not satisfied to watch my neighbor do it. I'm not satisfied to watch my pastor. I'm not satisfied to watch my spouse. I'm not satisfied to watch my children. I must have you. I must carry you. I'm not looking for visitation, Holy Spirit. I'm looking for habitation. Come and flood me. Because of what Jesus has accomplished on the cross, I must have you. More of you. So in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, Lord, you see every person that raised their hands earlier, maybe some of those that still have their hands up, flood them right now. God, we must have more. We're believing for the heaven on earth reality to flood Central Florida. Come, Lord. Come, flood this place. Flood this place. You have given us the nations through this place, and we want to step into our place. We want to step into all that you have to see the nations touched from this place. To see the nations touched. Go ahead and claim a nation right now. Claim a continent. Maybe that's what you need to do. Father, we believe you. Some of you need to claim a neighborhood. Some of you need to claim your home. Maybe start smaller. But release your faith. God, that we would have encounter. Jesus, as we interact with you, the living Christ, you're releasing your life through us and changing, changing. 
Lord, we know it's gonna be messy. We need your grace. We know we're gonna blow it. We need your forgiveness. God, but we tell you, we're hungry for you to use us. We're hungry for you to flow through us. We're hungry for you to manifest your life and presence through us that we, like these two brothers, Peter and John, would stretch forth our hands, that we would release the word, that we would pull people up, that we would see outward signs as invitations for your glory to fall, for us to step in. And we believe you for it. And we thank you for it, even today. God, let your presence rest on this, your people. God, that you would speak, that you would move, that there's new hunger even today for more of what you have, that we would be your people, carry your life everywhere we go. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Acts 2 podcast. Love God, love people, and live life.